Welcome to the Evangel Palatine Podcast. Today, Pastor Ron looks at Matthew chapter 22, verse 39, and Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 7, for this message titled, Love Your Neighbor as Yourself. Hey everyone, I'm Ron Heitman. I'm the lead pastor here at Evangel Church. And we're thrilled that you joined us today and we will look forward to what God's going to do in these next few moments. Got a great testimony to kick things off today about our friend Greg Mundus. He's the leader of the Assemblies of God World Missions effort literally all over the globe. And he unfortunately has had the COVID-19 virus over the last several weeks. He's been five weeks in an induced coma and uh, for weeks way beyond what a person should be on a ventilator. But uh, I'm thrilled to announce today after many, many people have prayed for Greg, he is off the ventilator, his lungs are cleared, all the infection is gone, and he's talking with his family, and he's drinking, and he's enjoying fellowship with people, and I'm just thanking God. His first words were, I love you. I think that's so incredible, and I just want to remind everybody that God is still greater than anything in this world. No matter what happens to us, God is bigger. And uh, I, I want to shout out real too, real quick to a couple of people that are helping us every week with our, our photography, our video, our production, and that's Victor and Mina. They are doing a great job. And Mina's dad's been uh, uh, also on a ventilator for several weeks. And I just know God is working in his behalf as well. And for all of our family or friends that have been impacted by this in a physical way, just be reminded God can heal, and the scripture says he sent his word and healed our disease. We thank God for that. Well, it's great to have some guests with us today, and Pastor Jacob, thanks for joining us. You're doing a great job, you. you and your wife, Megan, with our Next Generation Ministry of Junior High and High School students. Thanks so much for investing in the Next Generation, and uh, why don't you take a moment and introduce our guests? So this is Josh Mathiason and Leo Weller. They're two of our seniors, uh, high school seniors. They're two of the students that every church wishes that they could have. Absolutely. You know, like I they, believe it. They are, they're the top-notch students, uh, not only great examples, uh, but they're also pursuing Jesus in everything they do. They're actually, this last two weeks, they've even written their own sermons, recorded them, and posted them on our Instagram account for our students to see throughout the week. That's weekend. awesome, man. Uh, so Friday if you don't follow guys. us on Instagram, shameless plug, if you don't follow us there on Instagram, uh, follow us evangel.youth, and you can find Josh and Leah's sermons, 10-minute short sermons. Well, guys, as, as seniors, we know this has been an awkward year for you guys because the things just kind of all messed up, and we know that you didn't get to go to your prom or your high school graduation. So we want to do something a little special for you. And uh, we've got a, a corsage oh. and, uh, and a boutonniere there for you and your wow. school colors. And uh, so we just wanted to spoil a little bit. But I bet you did get your senior pictures done, right? Yes, did Both good pictures. Great. Yes. I hope. Awesome. Well, we just happen to have a surprise. We have oh, Pastor no. Jacob's senior oh, picture here oh, on the no. screen. Oh, okay. <laughs> Look at that shot, man. Oh. Glamour shot city. <laughs> Awesome. 2006. Oh, Pastor, what year did you graduate? Uh, I think we were still riding dinosaurs. 1982. <laughs> 1982. Mm. What would a senior photo look for like from 1982? Oh, Check this one out. Oh, yeah. Take a look at that comb over, right? Uh, yeah. President Trump, you have nothing on me, okay? Uh, 
But hey, last week we talked about, let's get to the right things now, okay? We talked about how do we neighbor? You know, this whole series about being what God wants us to be when it comes to the right kind of neighbor, especially in the setting that we're in. So in the story that we shared last week, it was about the Good Samaritan. And uh, Jesus describes what the right kind of neighbor should be. We cannot ignore a need. We must look for a need and meet it. We can't be stingy. We've got to look for generosity opportunities and bless others. And we cannot, we cannot fumble on mercy and grace. We've got to look for moments and literally lavish grace and mercy to others. That's so critical, especially in this strategic hour. And I'm just so thankful for Evangel Church because I really believe we're striving as a church to model what Jesus is talking about. You know what, uh, Josh, you're going off to college this first year and you know what's important is you're going to meet a brand new group of neighbors. How do you think you're going to approach that? Uh, My biggest thing is just I'm just going to be myself, you know. Um, I'm definitely going to try and use my platform as a football player to try and change the culture of what people think football players normally are. Good. So that's definitely one of the biggest things. Proud of you for that. How about you, Leah? I think just like to go on what Josh says is continue to strengthen my relationship with God and be a light to others and be able to communicate my faith. That's so good. Now let's talk about the neighbor rule. Okay. The neighbor rule. I know in my neighborhood, there's some, you know, unspoken rules of being neighbors, right? Right. Uh, I'm sure with your kids and the families down your cul-de-sac, I'm sure there's some rules that we try to keep for each other. You know, you don't have the 2 a.m. party in the backyard with the music blaring and everything. You don't, uh, you don't let the kids' bikes in the neighbor's driveway. Yeah. Um, you don't let your leaves blow over into your neighbor's yards. You know, although when God sends that east wind, hey, Kelvin and Dale, sorry about that. I had no control over it, all right? <laughs> but uh, Jesus gives us a neighbor rule. It's five words, five words that I want you guys to remember, just like the five, you know, that we have right here on our hand, thumb and four fingers, love your neighbor as yourself. Okay. Love your neighbor as yourself. Five very powerful words. When we think about being good to ourselves, loving ourselves, basically the question is, how do we take care of me? How do I take care of number one? And we will always (laughs) <laughs> this is true. We will always take care of number one. Guys, talk about it. Pastor Jacob, how do we take care of ourselves? How do, how do you, what do you think of? I, I think of the things that I like. Okay. You know, you know, just like the things that I like to eat, the things that I want to do, spending my time doing. Absolutely. Um, I'm a huge fan, like Pastor Trenton said earlier, Star Wars. I love just sitting in front of the TV and just binge watching Star Wars. That's what I've been doing. So Okay. <laughs> that's one of the ways I like to take care of myself is just relax. Okay. And, and just being with family. How about you? Uh, my biggest thing is, you know, making sure my stomach's always full. There you Gotta go. Make sure I right. eat always, you know. Just <laughs> take good care of yourself. That's taking care of myself. <laughs> Absolutely. I think eat. And sleep are probably two things that we really love to spoil ourselves. They're two of our favorite things to do. Favorite. How about you, Leah? I think family and friends surround myself. Okay. With family and friends. Love to do that. Yeah. Those are right. I believe every one of them. Well, we want to talk a little bit about what this neighbor rule that Jesus gives us, what it's really saying. And I want you to think of three words. It talks about provide. It talks about protect. It talks about prepare. 
You see, Jesus' expectation of being a great neighbor is to look after someone else as much as you do for yourself. We all know, like I said just a moment ago, we're going to provide for ourselves. We're going to protect ourselves. Sure. Yeah. We're going to prepare for the best for ourselves in the future. Right. It's just the way we are. Okay, we need to provide our neighbors just like Jesus said. So how do we do that? You know, we'll take care of random needs sometimes, helping them out with something, but it goes beyond that. Jesus is talking about spiritual things here. Love your neighbor as yourself. The first word I want to focus on is provide. And the theme here behind that is to provide the answer to people's questions about faith. I believe with all my heart, people have questions right now. If we just talk about COVID-19, there are questions galore. I heard one guy say, it's somewhere on the scale between science and the boogeyman, okay? Because there's all kinds of stuff flying around. And even though it's scientific, we're not sure what to believe. And so we raise questions. And then we hear all kinds of conspiracy theories and stuff like that. And so we're just not sure about anything. So it causes us to ask questions. But I personally believe people are asking God questions. What do you guys think about that? What kind of questions do you think people are asking that are faith related? Yeah, yeah I, I think one of the questions I've heard, is this from God or, yeah. or, or is God using it? Just the argument back and forth there. Uh, and then also, if it is from God, why? Absolutely. Like, why would God even allow this to happen? Very good know? point. Very good point. I think what it's coming up in situations that we didn't want it to happen in this season. Like, especially for us, graduation, big, big events are happening. And so that sucks. And it's yeah. why God, why are you doing this to me and my friends? Very yeah. good. Very good point. Yeah. A big question I've been hearing is, is this the end of the world? Oh. Like, are, is this the end times? That's what a lot of people have been asking. Right? I think some eyebrows have raised. Yeah. I think people are wondering, is, is God orchestrating something? And it's causing people that may have had faith at one point in their life, or maybe they had an influencer when they were a kid or a, a, an incredible grandmother or a, a person that just was a great person of faith that's causing them to wonder about things they've heard throughout their life. And it's causing some great faith questions. I think that's real. Did God send this virus, you know? Yeah. Uh, another question I had is why God are the most vulnerable impacted. Yeah. I think of our senior adults that are just in those settings of vulnerability. I'm like, why? Right. And that's okay to ask those questions. Right. I think that's important to affirm to people that it's not wrong to ask God why kind of questions. He never runs from that. No, he, he doesn't. Never, he never that's runs from it. He doesn't. So Josh, have you figured all the answers to all these questions yet? <laughs> you know, I haven't. I haven't. <laughs> well, it's okay. All right. Take the pressure off. Now, I've got great news for you because here's the truth. According to the Bible, we only need one answer. Amen. We just need one answer. And this is what the Word of God challenges us in a command that we have to be a provider for an answer for people. Look what 1 Peter 3 verse 15 says. If you want to look that up on your device, take a look. It says this. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. I think that last phrase is so important. Yeah. The same verse, but in a different translation. I always love the New Living Translation. It says this, if somebody asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. Mm 
Okay. And then the message paraphrase, which is kind of like, you know, how you explain it to your kids. Okay. <laughs> it says, be ready to speak up and tell anyone who asks why you're living the way you are and always with the utmost courtesy. Now, listen, notice the Bible doesn't say that we have to have all the answers. Okay. We don't have to have all the COVID answers, right? We don't. And we don't have to have all the Bible answers. We're not the walking Bible answer people, okay, for everybody in the world. It's just not who we are. It says an answer, singular, not plural. One answer, give the reason why you hope in Jesus and why you live the way you do. I think this is a great question for maybe people in their homes right now to really stop and answer that question. Why do you hope in Jesus? Why do you live the way you do? You know, Jacob, you're in a strategic role in your life right now. You're a dad, and there's dads watching right yeah. now yeah. from all over. Uh, how important is it for that, that theme of living the way you do, the choices you've made? Why is that so critical for you as a dad? One of the things Megan and I pray almost every night, I would like to say every night, but I know it's almost every night, yeah. is... God, help us to create an atmosphere in our home where our kids can fall in love with you. Oh, and good. so we, in, in, in everything that we say and do, we want our kids to see Jesus in that. And this morning, actually, Adelie made a beautiful picture as a six-year-old does. Yeah. And she, <laughs> she brought it to me and said, look, Daddy, look at this. I said, oh, that's beautiful. And, and, I, and she, she said, it's you praying. And oh, it, wow. was, it was this moment where I was like, I didn't even realize she saw that, wow. you know, um, but then she popped around the corner or whatever. And she saw, she saw me praying, you know, the and way so, you live. Yeah. She, it, it was, it wasn't anything special. Of course we have these family moments, but it was just a moment where she just saw me talking to God, you know, and that's, Beautiful. that's a moment that she will remember forever. And let me just challenge dads and moms, set that pattern for your kids. The way you live, the way you yeah. choose your choices are so critical as you live and you choose to do what you do, the way you live. You know, uh, how about uh, Leah? How about that same question for you? Yeah, I think just like as a lifelong follower of Jesus, just to follow him and know that he can do these miracles and he can provide for us. And just, especially in this time during this season, to continue to follow after him and just always to seek after him. I think that's really important. Excellent. Josh? Uh, my biggest thing would definitely be being confident in him yeah. and the calling he has on my life. Awesome. Uh, a wise man by the name of Pastor Ron Heitman once told me that <laughs> my calling is like a gem and as I want to protect it. You know, I don't want to just put it in my back pocket, call it a day. I want to keep it. So that's my biggest thing for sure is just overall making sure that I'm following and pursuing what he wants me to do in my that's life. Good. Yeah, proud of both of you for that. Notice the Bible doesn't say in these these different translations that we, we read to you, it doesn't say argue people into faith to follow Christ. No one has ever been argued into the kingdom of God, okay? No one's been argued to be in love with Jesus. Yeah. It says with gentleness and with respect, with utmost courtesy. You're not telling people what's wrong with them. They already know that. Yeah. People already know their shortcomings, their failures, and we just need to tell them what's right about Jesus and how he's changed what was wrong about me. That's what I need to talk about. So let me be lovingly bold here in a moment. I pray that you'll 
let me unzip my heart here and just try to do my best to share about some of the things that are real life right now. Some people are speaking out very loudly about their opinions of maybe politicians and their government rulings and what people can and what people cannot do. They even mix in the conspiracy theories that of things that we none of us really know for sure. And I'm confident. I, I believe this. I choose to believe this about our politicians. I do know. I, I really think they are treading lightly when it comes to our constitutional rights. I think there's a lot of checks and balances there. But I do believe they're trying to make decisions that will keep people safe. Right. I believe that would be on my heart. I believe that's on other good men and women that do want to protect other people. But we as believers, can I say our attitude about all the conspiracy theories and all the opinions we do have about our constitutional rights as, as people who love the church and love God, can we just know this? All the benevolence, and you guys are hearing stories how churches literally all over the world and ministries all over the world are meeting needs, just like the ones we just shared about. Convoy hopes to do a phenomenal 10 million meals yeah. all across, man, they are making a difference. If we're not careful, if we start ranting and picketing and doing, we demand our rights, I promise you, people will be watching how the church responds. And you know what Jesus says? Love your neighbor as yourself. So I want to challenge you. Let's use this opportunity not to demand rights. Let's use this opportunity to share Jesus with others. Yeah. You know, you and I will not only provide for ourselves, but you can bank on it. We're going to protect ourselves. And if you're going to love our neighbors, we have to protect them. You know, it's, it's pretty common nature. We're just wired this way that if something happens, uh, a, a tree limb, you know, starts to fall or something, you know, we're going to, we're immediately going to protect ourselves. Well, I don't doubt if I saw a fire in the backyard of my neighbors, I'd probably call 911. I'd do whatever I could to help. Wouldn't you guys? Right. You know, yeah. we would. Um, if uh, it's a huge wind's blowing and all of a sudden, you know, you see the garbage can start to go, you're going to try to help and, mm -hmm. and protect as best you can whatever's going on. I've had people text me sometimes 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning. Hey, Ron, you left your garage door open, okay? Why do they do that? They're doing that to protect me. Yeah. It's yeah. out of the sincerity of their hearts. Well, this second theme, not only just provide, but protect, means protect our neighbors by sharing the why behind the choices of our life. Mm -hmm. When we give the answer of why we hope in Christ and why we live the way we do, we're really trying to protect them in helping them prayerfully make some choices that will bring God's protection and blessing on their lives, right? Yeah. That's what we're trying. Leah, uh, you've made some great choices as a, as a person, not just a, your high school senior year, but yeah. throughout your teenage years. What kind of led to some of those choices? Yeah, I think I, my relationship with Jesus obviously strengthened as I got older, as I more developed who he was and how I can be um, a follower of him. Yeah. But also leaders and the church is always there that on Sundays and Wednesdays, I'm able to go and to learn and to really um, become the person I am today. So others really have helped influence yeah. those choices as you've seen them model that yeah. and yeah. live up to that. That's so good. So good. Well, sometimes people are wrestling with their choices. 
I do at times. I'm sure all, all four of us do. And uh, if we want blessings for our lives tomorrow, why we, wouldn't we want our neighbors and those that we have the opportunity, why wouldn't we want them to be blessed? So I encourage you, when we talk about protection in the Bible, we need to know what the word of God says. It says, love each other in the same way I have loved you. This is Jesus talking. And he says, there's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Literally like a protective effort to protect your friends. You know, Jesus loved us that much that he died for us. And he says to love each other the same way. Jacob, when you think of that passage, when you think about laying down your life for someone else, how does that relate when it comes to really loving your neighbor? One thing that Megan and I have committed to since we got married was to say no to certain things that we would want so that we could give that to people in need. Yeah. Um, so we've used, so when we first got married, we didn't have internet. You know, we we could have, but we said no to internet so that we could use that money to give it to people in need. Okay. Uh, and so that was one way that we've developed that habit and have continued it for the last 10 years yeah. uh, to be able to continue to show and share the love of Jesus um, and have that ability to do so by saying no to the things that we would like to have. So really trying to bless them even in those moments where maybe they feel a little unprotected, you're able to step in and bless them. Yes. Yeah. Or, or, yeah. If, we're, if, we're, if, if we realize that a family member is in need, you know, we can, or they just need to be blessed. Absolutely. You know, it just needs to feel the love of someone in their life right now. We can do that because we've said no. We've sacrificed things we want to be able to say yes to whatever God is telling us to do. That's very cool. Uh, by the way, this same passage that I'm talking about laying down, that's, the same uh, passage in John 15 where Jesus says, if you remain in me, I will yeah. remain in you. And we've got to remember what our passage, love your neighbor as yourself. Those five powerful words are led with by Jesus. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, yeah. strength, and mind. So literally, when we love God first and we remain in him, he remains in us. And guess what happens? We're able we're enabled to love our neighbors the way Jesus wants us to love them. It's really powerful. So if we're gonna abide by this Jesus neighbor rule, we're gonna provide, we're gonna protect. We also need to love our neighbor as ourselves by this word prepare. We need to prepare for your future in eternity. It's a powerful thought when you think about what we do. We care about ourselves, so we're preparing our eternities. We're trying to do what God is called us to do. We learn, we dig into the word of God, we learn from others and we grow. Well, there's somebody in our influence that needs us to help prepare them as they prepare for their future. Every one of us prepares tomorrow for ourselves so that we can have the best outcome possible. Right. And I mean, that's why we plan for tomorrow, whether that's checking the weather, you know, what we're trying to figure out what's the commute going to be like. We're trying to have the best day tomorrow possible. So we're thinking, planning, and preparing. But what about the question, how are we preparing for the future in the sense of when Jesus returns as he promised? Yeah. He promised that he would return. What you mentioned, you know, Josh, a while ago, the end of the world kind yeah. of thing, you know, when Jesus comes back, when God says, okay, enough. I want my children with me in heaven. I'll tell you exactly how to prepare for the future with confidence, with assurance and certainty. Let Jesus be the leader and Lord of your life. 
One of our theme verses here at Evangel is simply a verse from John 10.10. Jesus says it. He says, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. I love that. So I want to encourage you, as you love your neighbors as yourself, provide, protect, and prepare your neighbors with the love of Jesus. Now, I need to land this plane. And I was listening to a, a great leader. It's uh, he's the president of North Central University, where, where McKinnon graduated. And uh, Scott Hagen was talking about a very relevant story in Scripture. And I just want to bring this in our closing point today. Let me tell you this Jesus story in, in uh, Luke 5. Jesus had an audible one day. And do you know what an audible is? It's just by chance. No. I know Josh does. <laughs> I know Josh does. An audible is when a quarterback has a, a play called by the coach from the sideline. Okay. And he steps up to the line. They're ready to play it. But all of a sudden, he realizes the defense is different. So he has the liberty to make an audible and change the play. Well, Jesus did that one day. The problem was there was a huge, crazy big crowd. And this huge problem God saw it and he turned it into an opportunity. He changed his platform. He sees, Jesus did this. He seized a new platform to take advantage of an incredible opportunity. He literally, because he couldn't stand on the, on the, the side of the lake, he couldn't do that because people were so surrounding him. So he saw a boat and he literally turned a boat into a synagogue. He took this and made a platform out of it. Josh, I'm so, actually, I'm proud. I should stop and say, Josh and Leah, I know both of you have a call of God on your life. And there is nothing more, man, as a pastor, to see a young person know that they've caught a love for Jesus and they want to follow that purpose that Jesus has. Josh, I want you, uh, maybe the first time ever in your life, to have an opportunity to speak to the entire congregation by, by reading this story real quick. Just seven verses, but would you read this passage as people get their device or, or their Bible and in this incredible story, Luke chapter five, the first seven verses. Would you read that for us, please? Of course, if you guys would like to turn with me. One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time, their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. Thanks, Josh. That's a, that's a great story. I love the fact that Jesus, again, took this problem and turned it into an opportunity. Probably one of the coolest sounds that probably would was ever registered in a New Testament story is the boat and the lake and Jesus speaking to this massive crowd and the sound waves coming across the water. Pretty cool moment. But after, after Jesus was finished preaching, he wanted to enjoy some fishing. And Peter and the other experts had tried earlier and caught nothing. And some scholars believe, and, and they say that the area was possibly very much fished out. And so even though Simon and the disciples were exhausted, Jesus still asked. And I love 
Simon's response, yes, sir, kind of thing. You know, <laughs> yes, sir, if you say so. And I think he just wanted to obey what Jesus said. And there's a lesson. If Jesus says so, let's you and me obey. Let's obey. And then it happened. And I just want to pause a second. Friends, something in our world is about to happen. Amen. I believe God is staged. He has established a new platform in this story. Let's just say, man, all the fishermen saw heaven break loose for them. For a guy that loves to fish, and all of a sudden there's fish full in the nets. That was a great moment. The fish not only filled the nets, the nets began to split. There was a shout for help, literally calling uh, another boat, partners. And the, all the different translation uses that word, partner, in all of them. The boats were so full that as the, the partners were helping, the, the boats began to sink. This is what we need to understand today in closing. It is a new day. It is a new platform. There's a new boat with a God strategy. And Jesus is saying, it's time to fish. Yeah. He's wanting us to get that. Now, I don't know if anybody remembers any of my sermons ever. But back in January, God had spoke to my heart that, man, the church, even evangelical church and, and a lot of the churches across America, we have become such a coming to church. But God never intended his church to be all about coming to church. It was always about sending us out. And friends, we've been sent out. Let's just face the fact we have been sent out. There's the little cartoon thing on social media. You know, the, the church has left the building. Okay, well, that is true. God wants us in this moment to figure out the neighbor rule. And he wants us to fish. He wants us to be fishers of men. We must obey Jesus's neighbor rule. Provi provide for others, protect others, and prayer prepare others for this moment when Jesus returns. Hear my cry from this boat. I need partners. I'm crying to other boats and partners. Did you hear me? I need partners. Help us catch fish. It's more than just sharing on your device. It's about sharing what Jesus has done in your life. Share the reason, the, the reason why you have hope in Jesus, why you live the way you do. And you know, we've been talking a little bit about Mr. Rogers in this series. Here's one of his quotes. He said this, I think the best thing we can do is let people know that each one of them is precious. And I totally agree with Mr. Rogers. I believe he got that from Jesus. It's more than just a little kid song about being precious in his sight. I believe it's true. Can I tell you this? You are precious. As a family, as a couple, as an individual listening day, you are precious in the eyes of Jesus. And our challenge during this series is that the church would also see through the lens of Jesus and see people all around us that are precious to God. Everyone watching, so precious. Jesus died for you. He died for me. He wants to provide for you. He wants to protect you. He wants to prepare you for the future he has in store in heaven someday. I'd like to invite you to pray with me today because there's nothing greater than letting Jesus change your life. He changed my life and I know he'll do the same for you. And I want you to just ask Jesus to come in your life. And if you would, just take a moment to 
put in the chat area just, I decided. We want to pray for you today, but let's pray all together. Can we do that? Dear Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life. Please, God, provide, protect, and prepare my life. I believe you are the Son of God. You died, you rose again, and you're coming back someday. And I pray that you would forgive me of all my sins. I want you to be the leader and the Lord of my life from this day forward. Help me live in a way that you would be pleased. Lord, I love you and I thank you. Now, friends, I want to encourage you, whatever you do, let's love others like Jesus taught us. Thanks for joining us, neighbors. To recap today's message on loving your neighbor as yourself, the three main takeaways are one, provide. Provide the answer to people's questions about faith. Two, protect. Protect them by sharing the why behind the choices behind your life. And three, prepare. Prepare them for their future and eternity. We hope you liked this message, and remember to join us next time on Evangel Church's YouTube or Facebook pages. Take care, and God bless.